Welcome to the Food Therapy Podcast, where we talk honestly and openly about mental health, diet culture BS, and food freedom. We're your co-hosts. I'm Brittany Modell, owner of Brittany Modell Nutrition and Wellness. And I'm Lauren Sharp, owner of Empower Method Nutrition. We are food freedom registered dietitians who have struggled with mental health, poor body image, and disordered eating behaviors. We are on a mission to dismantle diet culture, normalize conversations around mental health, and empower you as you heal your relationship with food and your body. Let's get talking. Welcome back to the Food Therapy Podcast. We have the amazing Rachel Hartley with us. She is the creator of Gentle Nutrition, which is one of our favorite books and resources. And Rachel, I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us how you came into this work. Ah, yes. So thank you so much for having me. And I just um, appreciate you guys using my book as a resource in your work. Yeah. So I guess just to introduce myself real fast, I am a private practice um, dietitian. So formerly out of Columbia, South Carolina, now out of Boston, but I am basically seeing all my Columbia clients and, you know, doing it all virtually working from home. I, um, yeah, I sort of work with clients along the whole spectrum of Everything from people who have quite severe eating disorders to just, you know, people who have general health and wellness concerns and that they want to address from a non-diet standpoint. And um, yeah, as you mentioned, I have my my first book, Gentle Nutrition, that I launched this year, released this year. So Book Baby is uh, out in the world. <laughs> Love it. And yeah, seriously, when Brittany and I say we use this resource like all of the time, like literally all the time, it is the best resource if you have not um, already tried it out. You can definitely try it. I really appreciate that. (laughs) What I love about your book as well is there's, you know, and I, I have it in front of me, but I love half of it is recipes, but then you really kind of dive into health and values and, you know, also like not fearing certain foods that people fear. And I would just love for to hear kind of from you, like how you knew what to put into this book and sort of how that came about. Oh my goodness. How I knew what to put in the book is um, by just like staying up way too late at night, stressing about it and thinking about it way too much. No, I think once I sort of came to my like main thesis of the book, which I kind of joke is, you know, if you want to eat a little bit healthier first, you have to chill out about food a little bit. So that's kind of what I ended up building the book around was just this idea that we are all so stressed out about food and nutrition and, you know, for so many different complex reasons, but, you know, just summarize, you know, we live in this world that really instills this idea that health is all about food and fitness. And on top of that, puts so much like morality into our health and, and health, like pursuing health as a value. And so I really wanted to explore that and break that down, but also help people like understand like, okay, if you want to engage with nutrition, it doesn't have to be this like you know, rigid, inflexible, restrictive kind of thing. And in fact, that kind of, you know, quote unquote, healthy eating is not actually health promoting. (laughs) So can you just 
define gentle nutrition? Because I think it's kind of this nuanced topic where people are like, okay, is this going to throw me back into dieting? Like, what is it and what role does it play in intuitive eating? Totally. So, so for those who are familiar with intuitive eating, they probably know that honor your health with um, gentle nutrition is the last principle of intuitive eating. You know, it's always funny because I've, I've gotten asked this question on most of the podcasts I've been on of like, what is gentle nutrition? And when I turned in my manuscript, like my editor was like, you kind of have to actually like define <laughs> what this is. I was like, but I thought that's what the whole book is. So yeah, the idea of like, you know, having this brief definition of intuitive eating always feels so complicated because it's such a nuanced thing. And, <laughs> you know, what gentle nutrition is to one person might be rigid nutrition to another. And, and just, you know, we all have our own sort of definition of health. And so there isn't this like one, like, you know, here's what gentle nutrition looks like, but, but what I sort of, you know, explore and and summarize it as is like, it's basically what nutrition looks like when we, you know, a, when we're not using weight as a proxy for health and also B, when we're thinking about health, not just as physical health, but also mental health as well. So when we're not just obsessively focusing on lab values or like, you know, this idea of eating for more like immortality, like, you know, I'm going to eat something where I'm going to live forever and never get sick and, you know, kind of like pass away, like the, the couple in the notebook yes. in bed peacefully. <laughs> but um yeah so so I really that's that's sort of how I summarize um gentle nutrition and I love the idea that it is so individualized because it means something different for everyone and I think it also depends like kind of where you are in the process so how do you sort of see gentle nutrition does it shift at all throughout the process of intuitive eating and how could it be applied during like the different stages of intuitive eating? Right. So one thing that I try to get across like, you know, in my book and all my writing, like with my clients is that the most important aspect of gentle nutrition is, and just nutrition as a whole, like, (laughs) like just when we think about nourishment and around the world is that like, is that, are you eating enough? You know, are you getting enough food? And, you know, that is, that's really the core of, of, you know, when you think about the principles of intuitive eating, honor your hunger. I mean, that's like the second principle. (laughs) So, you know, really when we help our clients and, and when, you know, we focus on eating enough food, like that is integrating nutrition early into the process of intuitive eating. And it's this aspect of nutrition that really, if we're not eating enough, like if we're not honoring our hunger, if we're not fueling our body adequately, we don't really have the the headspace to be able to tackle these other aspects of intuitive eating. So yeah, so I really see like focusing in on adequacy and helping people understand that that actually is a really beautiful and important way of taking care of yourself. Yeah. I just find that that, that helps open people's minds to, you know, gentle nutrition. (laughs) And I also think because we live in a world where eating less is seen as this wonderful thing, mm-hmm. it makes it, I think in some ways, like people forget that food can be self-care and eating 
enough is a form of self-care. And so I love that you talk about that and you, you know, you write about that in the book because having enough food is so important, especially when you have a culture that's telling you to pretty much do the opposite. Right, right. It's very like eat as little as possible without killing over. And that's what healthy eating looks like. And that's not the case. <laughs> right. Exactly. So in terms of medical conditions, I feel like this is asked all the time of like, okay, well, I can't do it intuitive eating or I can't do gentle nutrition because I have some medical condition, right? Whether it be diabetes, PCOS, anything that there's, there might be some diet intervention. How does gentle nutrition fit into that? Right. So I think that really goes into a, this idea of what, you know, health looks different for different people. And so, you know, for many people, part of, uh, you know, a value or a concern of theirs is, you know, managing a chronic health condition. And so food can be this lovely tool that helps you just feel better day to day. You know, the symptoms of whether it's diabetes or PCOS or whatever someone's health condition is, you know, that can be something that impacts your ability to live life the way that you want to. And, and that's not to say that food is this like magical, like, you know, cure all fix everything, but it is one lovely tool that we can use to help people just, yeah, just live a, a, a happier life that's in line with their, you know, do the things that they want to do. So when I have a you know, and this is where it's so individual, you know, when I have a client who has a health concern and they're interested in gentle nutrition, you know, some clients like that may be even like a place where we start out. Like we literally might look at nutrition and, and integrating that as a sort of first step in the intuitive eating process. And others who, especially those who might have more complex and complicated relationships with food, you know, that may be something that we're really looking at intentionally bringing in, you know, further along. But in general, I, I do think there's ways that we can integrate medical nutrition therapy and, and nutrition for chronic disease management throughout the intuitive eating process. And it can actually be a really freeing tool for people because when they learn that nutrition for whatever their condition is, doesn't have to be this like rigid, give up all your favorite foods, restrictive way of eating, it can actually be something that helps them feel more at peace around food. So yeah, I guess really to answer your question, I, I think especially the education component, and I should say the unlearning component, like unlearning all the, the kind of BS diet rules and, and you know, wellness uh, culture, rigid rules about food. That is, is yeah, an essential part of, of intuitive eating. Yeah. I feel like that's a huge component is the unlearning, right? Because all of these medical conditions that have been believed to be, you know, quote unquote, cured by food, you have to unlearn a lot of that. Like, for example, PCOS, it's like, go gluten-free, go dairy-free. And if anybody listening is curious on that, we do have an episode um, coming out on PCOS or it's already out. No, it's coming out with Julie Duffy Dillon. Yeah. Yes, and I heard awesome. you on her show and I love that with the pre-diabetes episode. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah. So... 
And just how like all of these conditions, you can still have a gentle approach to nutrition without it being this restrictive, rigid and strict take on things, which really doesn't serve us any better in terms of health anyway. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you know, it's believing all the, all these sort of rigid diet culture rules that, uh, you know, about how we should or should not be eating for certain, um, you know, conditions, you know, it's overwhelming because there's so much information out there. And, you know, you look online, especially with conditions like PCOS or diabetes, and you have one person saying this and another person saying that. And even if you're not actively following a certain plan or pattern of eating, those voices are in the back of your mind creating an emotional restriction around food and creating stress around food. So I, I do really see that that education piece as an early uh, or a component of gentle nutrition to bring in um, quite, quite early in the process. And I think another element too is having that self-compassion, that non-judgment, the curiosity, because oftentimes, especially when someone has been diagnosed with a chronic disease, there's usually a lot of trauma from like the healthcare field around that too. It's almost like it's someone's blamed on it constantly for their weight, or it almost is like it's their fault. And so having that self-compassion, the non-judgment and acknowledging like, again, we could have healthy behaviors and nutrition that doesn't necessarily mean it's weight, that there's weight involved. And or that nutrition is the end all be all either. that too. Right. No, I so, so, so appreciate you saying that because like, yeah, a lot of the pressure around food comes from comes from healthcare. And we as dietitians, it's so built on this idea that we are in total and complete control over our health. And you know, when you think like, I don't know, if I felt like everything I ate mattered so much, like if every decision I made was like me choosing my health destiny, like that's incredibly stressful. So, so helping people take the the blame off of themselves. Like if you have a health condition, um, yes, there are decisions and choices you can make that can be helpful in the future and helpful for management. But that also doesn't mean that you are, you know, in total and complete control over your health. Yeah. And I think that's so crucial to say that we're not in complete control of our health. Cause a lot of times if you're going to the doctor and it's like, Oh, we'll just lose weight, just eat more fiber. And usually that's not even a recommendation, which is a whole other slew of problems, (laughs) but, and then say you go and do those things and either the weight doesn't come off or it's not sustainable, or maybe it does. And your labs don't improve either way. It makes you feel like you are the problem when there are so many different things impacting your health. And that's what I love that you do in the book really beautifully of like, I think it's what, like 36% of our health is actually about how we take care of ourselves. There's I can't do math in my head. 64, 64%. That was impressive. Left that, <laughs> that is not in our control, right? So that that is something that honestly was really freeing to me because it's like, it, no matter what happens with your health, we all know somebody that is the picture of health, quote unquote, that had unfortunate health outcomes and vice versa. Right. 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 Yeah. And even within that third, 
you know, it's not all food and movement. You know, it's things like um, when you look at the health behavior chunk of our, you know, the, the personal behavior chunk of our health outcomes, you know, it's things like, do you wear a seatbelt? And like <laughs> smoking is a huge chunk of it. And there's these behaviors that, that we don't really even think about. So, you know, I, I always hate like as a dietitian, like I know we love to think of ourselves as like, ha we're this like, you know, we are the most important. Um, and, and certainly as dietitians, we tend to get overlooked <laughs> in healthcare for many most reasons, but (laughs) you know, we, we have to take our role off the pedestal a bit. And we have to think about our job as dietitians as like, you know, working among other professions and, and what is this role of food, you know, uh, integrate with, uh, I don't know, like social work and medical and all the yeah, psychology and all that good stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> so kind of moving away from this a bit, what can you do to make sure that gentle nutrition doesn't become another diet? And I think that some people who've been chronically dieting for years are almost afraid of incorporating gentle nutrition because they're like, well, shouldn't I heal my relationship with food first? Because I don't want this to become another diet. So I'm curious if you have any advice around that. So one thing I I stress, and I I talk about this a lot with like the dietitians that I, I train is that, you know, when we think of gentle nutrition as this thing that you like start doing, I think that that actually feeds into diet mentality quite a bit. You know, when we think about like, okay, we're saving gentle nutrition to the end, or like now you're ready for gentle nutrition, you know, it's impossible to not view that with a, with this diet mentality, you know, what is a diet? It's this thing that you like start and stop. So when we have this start time to gentle nutrition, that immediately like turns it into a diet. So I I actually love to, you know, with my clients really explore the throughout, like what are the ways that you've already been thinking about nutrition and and integrating um, gentle nutrition into your eating habits. And sometimes I don't even really like call it that. I just, we just talk about, you know, some of the health promoting behaviors that they're engaging in. But I think that the biggest thing, you know, how do we make sure that in our intentional attempts to integrate nutrition that we don't fall into that diet trap. And I just think like, you're probably going to, at some point, you know, this is where staying curious gets so important because, you know, we live in this world where, you know, we all, especially for people who are in larger bodies, but we all have all this pressure around our body and weight. And so there's going to be choices around food where maybe we're thinking about nutrition. Maybe we're thinking about how food makes us feel. Maybe we're thinking about all these other factors and maybe how might this affect my weight could be part of that. Like that could be part of our thinking. And that doesn't mean that you're doing gentle nutrition wrong. I just think it's so hard for people to completely shut out that, that concern from their thinking in this world that we live in. So I guess my answer to that is, is really just staying curious because, you know, you're going to make choices where you're like, Ooh, I think I was being a little bit restrictive with myself there. And that doesn't mean that you're doing intuitive eating wrong. That is just like a learning experience that you can 
people from and, and move on. And I also think like the intention behind why you're choosing things. So if you're choosing the salad at the restaurant, because it really sounds fresh and it's something that you're craving and it's something that sounds really nice and good, good meaning like delicious, not good or bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, wanted to <laughs> distinguish, but versus you're choosing the salad because it's like the lowest calorie item. So I really think the intention behind why we're choosing certain foods is really important as well. And something to just think about um, as you kind of go through this journey. Totally. Yeah. It's like the calories or weight or whatever might be one of those things behind some of your decisions. Like, can we at least like move that a little bit further down Make your list of concerns or, mm-hmm. or I guess, intentions and reasons behind your food choices? Because yeah, because there may, you know, I think, Sometimes what happens with gentle nutrition is that people feel like, oh, I have to be completely divorced from the um, hope of weight loss in order to practice this and have it not turn into a diet. And I, I just think setting that sort of expectation really put gentle nutrition off the table because, you know, that some people may not get to that kind of, like, I hope everybody gets to a place where it would be a lovely thing for everyone to get to a place where they're totally 100% accepting of their here and now body and any future body. But I don't know that that like most people will, will get to that place. So, you know, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, the curiosity, the awareness, I think is so important. And I love that because I hear so many times and so often like gentle nutrition is the 10th principle for a reason. And it makes everyone think, okay, we have to do it last. It has to be the last thing where I love the idea of incorporating it the whole, the whole time really. And you mentioned doing gentle nutrition, right? Right. So in the course that I just created, I have a whole section on this because a lot of times coming from a place of dieting, you're like, am I doing this right? You always want to be doing something right, but there is no right or wrong. And I kind of came up with some questions which might be helpful for our listeners, but checking in with yourself of, you know, am I making this choice from a place of self-care and self-compassion or am I trying to control? If there was no chance that this behavior or this food would result in weight loss, would I still engage in it? Would I still eat this? Does this feel rigid and strict or balanced, flexible and abundant? So checking in with yourself and asking those questions, I think can be really helpful too when you are trying to incorporate gentle nutrition. Yeah, I love all those questions, um, especially like this, you know, would I still make this choice, you know, if I knew that it wouldn't have an effect on my body size. And I think that's just, uh, yeah, that's one of my um, favorite questions to ask my clients. And I find it's a very, that, that, you know, it really makes a big difference for people in their decision-making around food. And I think it helps because not everyone is even aware that that is kind of going on subconsciously. So it almost creates this aha moment or just like, a time to reflect and think like, oh, like maybe that is why I decide to choose certain foods without even me realizing. Right, right. And sort of going back to this idea of that there may always be some level of like, and maybe it'll help me lose weight that's in the background. Like, I think that's a way to filter out. Is this the primary concern or is this something like a thought that's just kind of floating around in the background? So the last thing I wanted to ask, and we actually, Lauren and I recorded an episode yesterday about food preparedness. And I quoted you because I love this chapter in your book because I, I was saying to Lauren, when I hear food prep, I think of like the Pinterest ads with like 
cod and steamed broccoli like seven days in a row. But the idea of being prepared, so there is some flexibility there, but you're also not, you know, waiting until 7 p.m. to think like, oh, like what should I eat? And then all of a sudden it's really hard to make choices that feel good for you. So I would love to know how gentle nutrition, you know, falls into meal preparedness and meal planning. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you enjoyed that chapter because I I just felt like that was one that was really important. You know, I am the same way, like the idea, I like to pick out like a couple of recipes each week, but like meal planning from the, you know, matching containers and all that good stuff. I mean, that just feels incredibly overwhelming. Like, I don't know, I like having Sundays to do stupid things, not, not, you know, not, not standing in the kitchen all day long, but no, you know, and food meal preparedness, which I I sort of distinguish from, from meal prep, you know, it is a way of creating food security, which is, you know, sort of one of the aspects of intuitive eating is just creating that sense of security that tasty, enjoyable, satisfying food will, will be there. And so when we have some level of preparedness with food, it's, it's fueling or feeding into that, that sense of, I guess, nurturing that sense of security. So, oh my goodness, what was your question? I just blanked on that. (laughs) This is the story of my life. So the question was, how does gentle nutrition kind of play a role or fall into meal preparedness? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. But yes, I have a Friday brain, even though it's not Friday. So when you, yes, because backing up for a moment, I think of gentle nutrition as very much this zoomed outlook at our patterns of eating over time. And so what I, what's lovely about meal preparedness is that it actually is something that can help you like address some of those, you know, address some of those patterns that, that you're working on. You know, maybe you are trying to get more produce into your, your eating pattern. So, you know, when you have some level of meal preparedness, that makes that a a choice that's more easily accessible to you. If you're just making all your food choices on the fly, that might be a trickier decision to make, especially if you like don't know yummy tasting um, vegetable recipes, or if you, you know, don't have like certain produce in the house. Same thing, like maybe, I don't know, maybe you have IBS and you're trying to work on getting some more fiber in, you know, that's something where when you have a little bit of a flexible plan of, or just some foods available, you can look at like, oh, hmm, maybe I should think about when I go to the grocery store, picking up some beans that I can incorporate in or picking up some, you know, whole grain, some new whole grain that I want to um, try and experiment with in the kitchen. And it, it just allows you to have that opportunity to make a choice that mm-hmm. affects totally. the, the you know, pattern of your eating over time. This has been such an insightful yeah. conversation. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure. Is there anything that you can think of that you want to share with our listeners that might be helpful in terms of gentle nutrition, maybe somebody who's just starting their journey, anything, any fun facts, tips, anything? <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Um, I think I would go back 
to the um, thesis of my book that, you know, there's no rush on integrating gentle nutrition. I know like we're talking about it, we're, you know, dietitians, we, we have obviously some level of, you know, appreciation for the role that nutrition plays, but it's also like, if you feel like just the idea of thinking about nutrition feels really off limits or overwhelming for you right now, like that's okay. You have a whole lifetime of eating, but you know, there are plenty of opportunities for you to have broccoli or whatever it is in your future. It's not something that you have to address today. So yeah, so definitely like taking some of the pressure off of yourself. We love love everything you say. I love that. So And I, if you haven't picked up on this from the entire episode, go out and buy Gentle Nutrition by Rachel Hartley. It is truly such an incredible resource. And I have, and I said this to Rachel before we recorded, Laura and I both recommend this book to all of our clients and we use it personally. I love the recipes. I love the resources. So definitely purchase this. And Rachel, where can people find you, work with you, tell the listeners all the good stuff? Yeah. So, um, you can find me usually on Instagram. Um, that is my, I guess, social media of choice. So my handle is at Rachel Hartley RD and I spell my name A-E-L. So R-E-C-H-A-E-L. I also, you know, blog a little bit less so, but I have, um, a nice little archive of intuitive eating tidbits and posts and articles at the joy of eating. And uh, yeah, that's probably the best places to uh, get in touch. And of course, hopefully if you you, you know, read gentle nutrition and enjoy it. I, I just, yeah, please feel free to like leave a review and um, cause it makes me happy. So <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for coming on. We were so excited to chat with you and I really think this conversation will be so helpful for the listeners. Thank you so much for having me. I just really appreciate y'all um, you know, giving me the opportunity to meet your audience. Yay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Food Therapy. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to support our podcast, please subscribe, hit download, and share it with your community. We value your feedback. If you feel inspired, please leave a review, let us know what you've learned and what you would like to hear next. All information about this episode will be linked in our show notes. New episodes of Food Therapy come out every Sunday, but you can stay connected with Food Therapy all week long by following us on Instagram at foodtherapypod. As a disclaimer, this podcast should not replace therapy or working with a registered dietitian. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.